0: Hi, this is Mike, Pedro, Usman, and Veronica, and you're listening to Music and Stuff.
1: We're four friends living in Paris, and we love music. We come up with a new topic every week, getting to know each other better and sharing personal stories and great playlists.
2: Put your headphones on and enjoy the ride.
1: (laughs) So we
0: have a super cool guest with us tonight because... uh, uh why not and uh his name is sheldon so sheldon why don't you introduce yourself
3: uh yeah so uh i'm sheldon Uh, i'm i've just moved to paris recently and uh i'm originally from uh, south africa a little bit of background uh music wise i guess Uh, i come from a family of musicians so um I I was just kind of brought up with with music around. Uh, we my my family didn't really watch TV; it was always music on, and uh, they they started me on on drums really early on uh, because I was just kind of tapping everything. So I've been playing <laughs> drums since I was about four years old. Uh, so music's kind of just always been a part of my life um, in in some way, shape, or form. So that's kind of why I'm here <laughs> tonight that's to awesome. talk to you guys. Yeah, happy to, happy to be here. Thanks we so cool drummers me. in the
0: room oh yeah
1: we're drummers yeah nice we to should, always be number four
0: we should uh, we should like we should have done some drummer's topic right like who likes to hit things and uh which which is your favorite drum <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, no, that's like the stupidest one
1: are you more of a charleston or a goliath man <laughs>
2: how's your french fingering uh Uh, Is that what it's called? I don't know. That's a thing. That's a thing. All right. Uh, so, yeah, cool. Welcome. Um, and just, just so our listeners know, um, Sheldon is not Mike in disguise. Mike is somewhere in the world, a better place. Uh, not, not in his apartment. Um, and that's it. So wait, what are we talking about? What's, what's our theme? What are we, what are we, what's the music?
1: It was Sheldon's idea.
3: Yeah, I guess I can introduce it then. Um, So, the topic for today, I thought we could talk a little bit about um, live music versus uh, studio uh, or produced music. Um, What, uh, I mean, there's so many different angles you can look at this. Like, uh, are there certain genres that lend themselves better to uh, being heard live? Uh, are there certain artists or or bands that um, uh, you know are are better either in studio or better live Uh, and what is uh, you know some people prefer uh, different aspects of watching uh, live music compared to studio so um, yeah I just thought we could talk a little bit about that uh, and see what your guys thoughts are it's not something I've really uh, uh, spoken to to anyone about in a long time so yeah curious to hear uh, your your perspectives.
0: That's a really cool topic. I feel like uh, Pedro wants to start a rant about Yoko Ono being terrible on <laughs> in studio and live.
1: <laughs> it's you guys talk more about her than I do. So. <laughs> I, <laughs> I just
0: really like seeing your face whenever she's been brought up.
2: But the she's not listeners can't
1: up. She's dragged into the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Now you got me in one of my moods. <laughs> I thought you only had one one mood. <laughs>
2: oh no, it's simmering hate and then like blatant uh, rant mode.
1: I don't know. <laughs> but I was thinking of something similar, uh, of the Flaming Lips, oh, yeah. who are, it's just like every single song is, uh, I discover, discover, they were fucking, huge. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh,
0: yeah, it's a funny word actually. What I, heard, you
2: just, I, I didn't them. sign them at yeah. the time. For but...
0: yourself,
1: <laughs> I crawled. Uh, <laughs> I crawled from under my rock uh, when Yoshimi came out. Came out Yoshimi battles yeah. the pink robots. So already they had some uh, credit from uh, the soft bulletin, and before that, like in the nineties, from uh, uh, Tangerine. Um, so I was really excited with that album. It's fucking it's beautiful. It's like, uh, it's incredibly well produced. And the videos looked like they had that stuff with like the rabbit suits. And he had, that's what, that was the beginning of his white suit era and like the rabbit suits in Vegas and all that. Uh, and I finally got to watch them live uh, at Coachella. And it was just like, they are horrible. He's a <laughs> horrible, horrible singer. Oh, yeah. The guy, the guy can't, can't like, he writes these songs why does he make them so hard to sing like, ah! like he can't reach those notes and, and how, how disappointing those, is that like we when... not at all it was no? the best concert of my life <laughs> that was so strange like i mean I, I don't know how big that was around the world but that coachella performance was like that took things to a next level he got that was the first time that he got into the bubble and like nobody knew what he was doing, they spent so much time fixing up the goddamn bubble that they ended up only playing like four songs. But uh, it was just like these massive, massive balloons that were just like thrown onto this onto the crowd uh, while he was getting ready to get into the inflatable thing, and just like confetti cannons. It just felt like like a birthday. Like the most exciting day of your life and everybody's just jumping around. He gets on that ball, he walks over the audience, everybody's carrying him and and he's telling a story like, uh, I had a dream that I was playing Coachella and that like some aliens brought me down in a bubble and I was floating around. So when you go home and and like, you know, people didn't have, not that many people had smartphones. It was right at the edge. I think it was like 2000.
2: Single digit something?
1: 2000. Or maybe i don't know it was it was background and uh he's like when you go back home you're gonna tell them that the flaming lips came out here in a giant bubble from space and they floated across the stage (laughs) and uh it was just fucking beautiful and he makes it back into the stage and then there's like all these people dressed like animals like like uh, rabbits and inflatable things and he just keeps shooting confetti into the audience and it's just beautiful this is like I was crying in joy. My friends were crying in joy. We were hugging each other, <laughs> hugging strangers. Was that LSD? And coming the guy from can't the... sing. E, e coming no, from the <laughs> and I've seen them other times. Like I've seen them tw- twice again, and like this time, knowing what's gonna happen. One of the times I got to hold the bubble because I was like ready at the front, and I've always tried. I'm not gonna give up to to be able to get on the on the. You're supposed to show up early backstage, like, behind the venue, and they pick out people that they let on stage to be dressed as animals. You just have to dance all throughout the show. And, you know, I still want to be able to do that. <sighs> and uh, never got picked, but even though, like, when I've seen them the two other times, it's just been uh, fucking beautiful. Like, again, I cry. Like, I, Like, you know you're going to go hear somebody sing their own songs horribly, and you don't care. It's just like this beautiful energy that you leave that place with and what's strange is that the, the albums are actually good like i don't know how much autotune how much uh pro tools whatever whatever tricks they use the albums are, you know it sounds good and that's all steven Dross the, the drummer that does everything But, but yeah. oh really well not the real drummer he used to be the drummer now he's like the everything guy but on stage there's a drummer a different drummer oh okay okay but the musical genius in the band is uh, is that guy oh wow
0: when you said that you wanted to uh, dress up as an animal to be on stage, uh, it just reminded me, uh, a friend told me this weekend how, um, so he had, uh, like a small job, like they say in France. He, uh, he was wearing a Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, uh, uh outfit uh, yeah, uh, at some yeah. fair and he met lots of celebrities and he was like, Oh, I have a picture, like with her, like we we're watching tele." And so he shows us the picture where he is like wearing the Sonic costume and he's with like lots of celebrities. Here's me with like Madonna.
2: Here's me with like, and we're like, mm, can like you see his
0: face at all? <laughs> oh, not really. No, nothing. No. <laughs> like just this huge
3: costume.
2: <laughs> it's like it's like. Uh, uh, I was. Oh sorry. It's it feels like a kind of torture. It's like you're granted this wish, except there's a catch. You know, it's like yes, you'll be able <laughs> yeah. to eat everything you like, every every food you'd ever want, except you can only but eat it, it with your ear. Right, I don't know, it's like <laughs> like you can't interesting, yeah
0: I was playing in a band, and I had a little crush on the singer, and he was like, "Oh, you know, you should listen to this, so obviously I did because like when someone recommends you something and you like them, you listen to it, so I watched it, and i I really, really liked it. I really liked the the man who sold the world, even though it's a it's a cover. I liked every song, and it's just like the sound is really good.
2: So I don't know if anything uh, compares to that. Yeah, no, I feel like, uh, like live There Well, that's a live recording. That's like uh, you know meant to be recorded and broadcast, and so and it was MTV taking care of it. So it's, I mean, for me, it's like a one-shot recording session, kind of. It's a concert uh, that's really well, well prepared for recording, I guess. Like, I feel like, uh, this intimacy is something that is, is like, you only get live or from a live performance or recording of a performance. Um, and the studio, like, studio is supposed to be, like, for the radio, for the coffee shops, for the masses. And that's, that's removed from, uh, from basic studio, uh, recordings, usually
0: why are you guys are hating on coffee shops so much today? <laughs> Hey, I mean, <laughs> that's I just find a, that. a random example. It's, it is a good example. There's like, I, I think it has to be a genre like the coffee shop music, right?
2: Yeah. It
1: is true that if you walked into a coffee shop and they were playing a live album, it is like immediate like, Ugh. <laughs> like if you hear like a background gr- uh, crowd in a coffee shop, it's like, uh, it kills it.
3: You were just talking about something that I think is kind of interesting and like, uh why live albums sound kind of awkward sometimes when you listen to them um and it's like we've been talking about live and then you've got the the studio stuff but in the middle what you were just talking about with like the mtv unplugged stuff is like these i don't know they're commonly referred to as like studio sessions so it's like a live one-shot kind of thing um and i think the difference is that with like bigger live shows for example like the royal albert hall and like um especially like those those big uh festivals and stuff that sometimes they they produce dvds or not dvds or these days youtube i guess <laughs> but like um VCR. where they, where they, they film it or or release an album of it is that uh with those setups they um and it's like movie theaters they tend to mix the sound differently because the 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 hardware i guess or the the systems that they use can deliver like a lot of low end and that's kind of what you feel in your chest and everything which makes the like live experience so visceral if you will like you really feel it because of that low rumble that they're able to deliver and that doesn't really translate well when you're listening to it at home and they're trying to like you know that they take the the tracks and then they they now need to try and mix this to work for like a home setup which is completely different because it's you know it's been mixed for for a live show um so i think that's part of the reason why it sounds so awkward and then what my worst is if they um like if they make mistakes especially with vocals and then they retrack it oh yeah and release it with like like and sometimes you can hear when it's been retracked, just like a single line or something and that for me is just like oh that's yeah. just like now you're starting to like overproduce it and it just kind of takes away from that like live like magic uh of of performing i guess and that's why i 100 percent agree those like smaller studio sessions where it's they're like kind of designed to be recorded uh and released as like a like a live set or something yeah then
1: have i got a story for you go on (laughs) uh kiss like probably their most famous song uh rock and roll all night uh was not like an immediate hit and just disclaimer i'm not a kiss fan uh it was not an immediate hit when that song came out um in the album it was just like it was there but that song became a hit and it was a single off of a live album um, but it wasn't a natural recording. They went back and like, they like put up the volumes of the crowd being all super excited and they did extra vocals on them. So it sounds like more like a chorus and thing. So they kind of built, they kind of used the audience as an instrument Oh uh, yeah, and, yeah. and then added vocals to make it sound nice and clean. And it's got that fucking party anthem that we all know. Yeah. <laughs> It's kinda of hard not to get excited. Like it's so cheesy but it's like ah, right, let's party. <laughs> yeah, that's, At least for me that's that's
3: really interesting. Like the crowd is an instrument. Because um, like there it's it's that type of music lends itself to like you know, the energy and I guess the crowd kind of brings that uh that energy into it. I don't know. What
0: are they called cool, like when there's a sitcom and there are like there's a laughter? Uh, after the jokes,
2: yeah, oh
1: one, yeah yeah um, candle laughter if yeah, it's yeah, but they have like a, it's not called a fluffer in that industry, <laughs> but they have <laughs> but they have those people for for applauses <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to warm up the audience in between takings <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that is hilarious. <laughs> Get the audience Comedians—that's what they're called. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: Yes.
0: I think it's actually in the some circuses. They when artists are like taken some time to prepare. They just put the like clowns to do some random stuff for the audience. Well, at least I had that. Like when I was growing up, we had that sometimes.
3: Oh, just just to maintain the <laughs> the
0: vibe. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, Explain that. Veronica. <laughs> well, I mean, you like we had that when we were growing up. Well, I that was, was yeah.
0: <laughs> I uh, just uh, quickly yeah. I did uh, kind of grow up grow up in a circus because my stepdad was a conductor in the or and like a, with the circus band, and I basically went there after school every day uh, since I was ten to like fifteen. <laughs> That's so awesome. I, it
1: sounds yeah. like a dream.
0: Yeah, it was great. I watched like two shows per day. Oh,
3: uh, wow. Yeah. Whoa. Cool. So
0: I had a, I had a crush on the, why do, why am I talking about my crushes? Like, this is (laughs) the second time this evening, but I had a crush on the, The the, uh, the son of like elephant, uh, tamers. So there was like this, uh, family who, um, who like for generations, they were like taming and like training elephants for, for the circus. They were like traveling all the time and working in different circuses. So it was like a, a proper like royal family of, uh, you know, like in the circus. Wow. And uh, <laughs> they had like a son who was my age and I used to bump into him in the like circus canteen. So, um, <laughs> and I recently Googled him just to find out what he does now. And, uh, and. And he's and still then, like with the elephants like just traveling, he's married and like they have like this the family is continuing to like uh oh to do their, their
1: thing. I mean, I I'm attracted to this guy. <laughs> 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 if I was like sixteen and there's like some kid my age that like fucking tells an elephant what to do, like, <laughs> he's so dreamy. <laughs>
0: They're there like a couple of recordings, for, for example, uh, Beatles live at Chase Stadium, and um they play for like half an hour, and that was like the whole concert. And uh girls were just like, you can see, and they're, they're like, um, almost like film cameras, it's really well filmed. They're like girls being just evacuated, like they're just... You know they're screaming, crying, and then they're like fainting, and then the people carrying them out. Like it's so amazing. You just don't get this nowadays. Like whoever faints at a Tame Impala concert, for
1: example. Yeah, people are too cool. Yeah,
0: they're that's true. It's like a different
2: time. But you could
1: you could like pass I think out that in a cool way.
2: Just like slow, <laughs> yeah. just slowly close your eyes with your hands in your pockets, and just like. Lean against Uh, the wall and slide to the the floor. (laughs) Like, oh, they're so good.
1: There's some videos that have been popping up recently on YouTube where people have cleaned up the uh, direct audio and you can hear them, like, some of their live performances. So I saw one in Germany, and they sound pretty cool. They sound super fast, but, I mean, they're good. If you imagine, like, that's one thing that why they said they didn't want to keep playing because it was just like there was no challenge to just go out there and like just people screaming like crazy. They couldn't hear each other. And also like at Shea stadium, the like their music, like their amps weren't enough. So basically the music was coming out of the speakers, like the, yeah. the, the stadium speakers, like that shit. that they uh, used in their amps Wow. For. So yeah. it, was just, it was just pointless it was yeah, and they yeah. didn't even
0: have anything like those ear uh, you know, ear monitors and or like their hair is too yeah. long you just can't see like if they have <laughs> anything but you have a feeling that they don't have anything, like they just hear the sound from the speakers and that must have been horrible
1: but people were fainting and it was like the fucking experience of their lifetime, so we go back to that, like uh, I guess like yeah. the music was bad yeah uh, uh, it was something. It was yeah, something to be there.
3: Yeah, I think there's probably also something to be said for like the build up to the event. Like, I, I feel like they couldn't just hop onto YouTube and like watch the previous mm-hmm. shows on the tour, or like you know get get accustomed to like you know seeing them live, or like you know seeing their, them on Instagram, and like just being like normal human beings. There was like such a disconnect from fan to artist that when you finally got to like be in the same space as them or or see them live, it was such a big event that like, yeah, people were just like fainting goats. (laughs) It's just like freaking out.
1: I don't think I would be able to talk to Paul McCartney. Like, I think I would just break down and start crying. Yeah. Like, but he's your like, least I would, favorite Beatle. full Beatle mania as a little girl. But like, you hate Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> but he's Paul McCartney. He's like, he's my least favorite of the Beatles. my <laughs> <laughs> fourth favorite
2: friend person.
1: There was the one time I told you, Veronica, where I talked to Sean Lennon after his show. And that was just like, that's uh, probably like the most that I've gotten like this. Cause it's not just a celebrity. It's like, it's a different class. Like this is the product of John and Yoko. This is, this is, <laughs> so you are uh, half, this is, this is a different level. <laughs> How did you feel?
2: Were you conflicted?
1: It was crazy. He was, was, he was super nice. And he was so like, uh, uh I don't know. It was, as I was talking to him uh and he was replying in such a nice way. I was like, what the hell am I doing asking him like why he didn't play that. or?" <laughs> like,
0: yeah i know it what just, you mean just feels like uh wasting his time right
1: <laughs> yeah like, oh shit i'm i'm sorry like <laughs> <laughs>
2: un unrelated uh i had questions so uh sheldon what
1: yes other
2: songs are are you thinking of like what what is your, do you have like a thesis or a
1: verdict or a or well, when you came up with the topic what what songs were you thinking about?
3: I was brushing my teeth actually,
1: <laughs> uh, and I was I was
3: just like looking at myself with the toothbrush, and then it was just like ding, like live live versus studio. I was like, oh, that makes sense.
0: <laughs> there is a song for brushing your teeth, right? Like for for kids. Probably,
3: probably is probably it plenty. because like for there, kids there like, is a
0: song for everything.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think there is. Probably exactly two minutes long whatever um it's, it's three actually <laughs> <laughs> you don't brush your teeth enough two
2: minutes 42 seconds
3: yeah I, I just put some examples there of like what i personally enjoy about um well well the two artists that i put were uh, the cinematic orchestra and uh, the other one is city and color um and i just think that they're their live shows for me are just so much better almost than the the studio stuff, but that's maybe partly because like, um, you know, coming from a musical background for me, I enjoy like the technical side of music, like the, you know, uh, the the skills um, that are involved with playing instruments and and vocals and all that kind of stuff and, and the songwriting and whatever else. So like, I really appreciate that kind of stuff a lot. Uh, And what I enjoy about it is I guess what you opened with uh, Usman is that basically just like the energy and the, and the improv, I think. So uh, I really uh, love when, when artists kind of play with their own music a bit. Um, So the the example with the the cinematic orchestra is kind of, they're like um, kind of uh, electronic, like jazz Mm -hmm. sort of uh, mix a little bit. And uh, with their live stuff, they can be very, like, experimental and just, like, they're not afraid to, like, let loose and just have parts of their songs just sound almost quite chaotic, but it kind of builds up to this crescendo of, like, chaos. Yeah. Um, That just would not work on, like, a studio album. Like, I think, you know, uh, there's just the organic, like, fluid nature of it. And then just the way that they pull it back together is, like, through all of this chaos, they will just immediately like know exactly like at the end of which bar they're going to like bring it back. And in a second, it'll just go back to being extremely like orderly and controlled and like uh, often like quiet, like a break, and then ease back into sort of the original song that they were playing. Uh, And I really like love that kind of journey uh, that, that they can take you on. And then the other example I added with uh with City and Color. Um so a bit of background there the the artist is named City and Color because his first name is Dallas which is a city and his uh last name is Green which is a color. <laughs> um so uh that act so he used to be in like a, a post-hardcore kind of uh punk rock and roll mix um band that was like quite big. Um and they put out like Quite a number of albums, and they used to tour a lot for like many years. And I think as they kind of grew older, maybe they got tired of touring. I don't know. You know how it goes. Like so, they they just he wanted to do something new, so he started yeah. <laughs> his own thing, uh, and it was just him with a guitar, basically. And then the band that he that was like the main uh, his main act, um, they decided to kind of just call it quits or like take an extended break. Um, And what I thought was interesting there is that the the songs that I put in, there's like two reasons I find them interesting. One is that the original version for those songs is actually just him and a guitar. And then over time he built it up to include like a whole band uh, and the style of the song actually changed, uh, which is a bit different to artists usually do acoustic versions of their songs. They don't start from, just acoustic, like a guitar and a, and a voice, and build it up to this this kind of uh, uh, like full live act. Uh, and the style also changes. Um, so, in the middle of the song, he kind of adds in like like portions of other songs uh, only when he performs them live. So it's like it it can be like some blues from like you know the the 30s or something or like. But then he's taken. For example, like um, Sam Sparrow, Black and Gold. It's like a, I don't know, like a dancey kind of uh, track. Uh, but he, he makes it, it uh, work with the style and it's kind of like the same key and the same tempo. And he like kind of wedges that in the middle. It's like the bridge. Um, and then uh, Sh- um, uh No Ordinary Love. Yeah. Uh, so he wedges that one in as well. And um, Paddy Smith um uh because the night is one of those so i think i put all three in but yeah. um i just uh that's that's like the, exactly what you you uh, were all describing earlier it's like these like surprises that like you know you you know the 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 song and then when you go see it live and suddenly you see like something new and something different um is uh and how how that can be quite interesting uh yeah so th- those were the for me, like I guess, those summarize <laughs> uh, the kind of stuff that I appreciate about live shows. I thought about something
0: uh, when the audience interacts with the um, performer and uh, gives the song kind of a different vibe. So, like the the most like prominent example I can remember from a gig, it was um, a Tame Impala "Let It Happen." So they always open their um, set with it, with this song, and. The song is like normally even on the album, it's like seven minutes long, but it's slightly, even slightly longer, uh, live. And they also, they also like throw confetti, uh, out around like three minutes in. They just, there's just like lots of different colored confetti all over the crowd. And then the next day we were at the festival, like next day, everything, like the, the, the floor is covered with confetti. But like, the, the, the confetti is a nice touch, but it's nothing groundbreaking, you know, like it's been done before. But the audience just like, the reaction to the song, because it's such a strong, like, especially like a festival, it's just like a proper festival tune that you just like, yeah, I'm, I'm here. This is happening to me. I'm like, this is one of the best bands in, in the world right now. And, I'm like, they're actually singing about something that is happening and there's confetti and the, the you know, the lights and uh, and basically like what you said about uh, Sheldon or Usman. I think both of you said the, about the surprise elements. I think in this song they add a synth or there's an instrument that does something that is not on the recording. And I think that is like quite often the case where uh, they either like add... Like either the voice does something that is slightly different variation or a guitar in the solo they like go somewhere else, and it's very interesting how it' just like one thing uh changes, and then you're like oh this is like this is cool that they did that like I'm totally like feeling that I'm not listening to their recording anymore
2: I think it's more like the difference between um watching magic like a magic trick done on television versus watching one in front of your face up close uh like david blaine versus david copperfield on tv right i think uh that's what that's how i compare the live music versus uh studio music like they can do whatever they want they can david
0: copperfield is exactly the same on tv and and show actually
2: Uh yeah probably <laughs> yeah i feel like uh but it's like larger than life, and you're like there are tricks you you're not up close enough to see um but I feel like uh the tricks that you can do with produ- production and post production it's like uh kind of makes you less impressed than if you just hear it live and be like, "Wow, but seriously,
0: yeah. Usman the dude can fly
1: this is- <laughs> <laughs> he's a wizard, okay, I get it.
0: <laughs> this is legit.
1: You, you think, like, this guy just walks around with some, like, elaborate system of pulleys to do everything? I feel like... I feel like... <laughs> he figured out how to fly. It's a... Uh, just accepting. I feel
2: like the Statue of Liberty has never been the same, like, since he made it disappear in, like, the late 80s or early 90s.
0: I feel like Pedro yeah, wants to... Yeah, I knew it. I knew it.
1: <laughs> I, I was going to say I want to interrupt Veronica. <laughs> <but then> she, <laughs> by, by saying that, you've interrupted uh, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was so obsessed with the Flaming Lips, thinking like, my God, these people are uh, saints, you know, these people had no talent, and they stuck to it for I don't know how many years. Who knows how many times that guy heard, like, you can't sing, give it up. <laughs> And uh, and it was just like, there was just, the whole thing was just putting on an experience, like created an experience. There's a documentary called Fearless Freaks, where they just show like all the crazy shit they used to do. Like it, this, it wasn't like they just woke up one day and say, I'm going to come out of a, like, ai am going to float in the bubble over the stage. Like this has been progressing since they were playing tiny clubs and like would have a motorcycle on stage just fucking revving revving the whole time because it was like the most punk rock thing like (laughs) (laughs)
2: like,
1: while the band is playing Um, but while I was in Russia I went to a clown show pretty probably uh, (laughs) around uh, some of Veronica's friends Uh, and it was this clown called Slava Polunin who ends his show with a giant blast of confetti with Carmina Burana, just like the Flaming Lips, and throwing massive amounts of giant balloons into the audience. And then I was too happy at the moment because I was trying to <laughs> clown show. Uh, but later I realized, like, these guys probably just watched the show. Like, he, he must have watched the show and just decided, like, I want to do that. I'm going to do that. Like, nobody's ever going to... Mm. Trace me back to this Russian clown. <laughs> <laughs> wait, was you heard it here first, people? <laughs>
3: if you ever go to a to a party with him, you can ask.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wait, maybe he was at the same concert.
1: <laughs> maybe the clown was at the uh, at the flaming lips concert. <laughs>
2: speaking of <laughs> speaking of <laughs> live, I just wanted to <laughs> to know. Wait, so wait, Sheldon, you're in a band, right? Or you have been a band or bands a band? Like, yeah, I the-
3: was, I was um when i i don't know from like 17 18 to like twenty twenty two twenty three 23 maybe i was in a band
2: Ooh, same band
3: yeah
2: ah. <laughs> yeah usually it's like
1: one band, <laughs> one band per per summer no yeah i mean i, I, I was That's in, a big commitment <laughs> i was
3: in bands before that but that, that was the only one that like um i mean that was the only like serious uh kind of thing we did like festivals and um, played everywhere from like small shitty bars and clubs to to big festivals and whatnot. So. Did
0: you guys throw confetti and balloons at the end of your set? <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, no, we didn't. But uh, now, I, now I realize what the secret ingredient is. That, is that why you... <laughs> if only we had done that. That's why you left. <laughs>
2: That's why it's over. Well... Imagine, dear listeners, that confetti is falling on you, and we're throwing balloons at you, because this is the end of our episode.